0: Late Night City, Beyond the Dark.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, as you know, we've had a lady coming on my programme for a while now, and we're rather fond of her. Her name's Suzanne Gill, and she's the medium and the psychic. But she's finally got the book out, Hidden Eyes, and she's on the phone from the Northeast. Hello, Suzanne. Hello there. Hello. So the, the book's out? Yes, it's
0: out, yes. Well, the floor is yours. Tell everybody what it's about. Would you believe that around about September 2004, I was asked to do a charity night for cancer research in this pub in West Bolden. It's like South Shields, Catherine Coopson type of it, you know, area. Well, anyway, walked into the pub, unaware to me that I felt so intense and really traumatised inside. I felt all these building emotions that I couldn't recognise at all. Halfway through the night, I walked up to the toilets and there was a little girl and a ghost and she told me that she was buried alive in the wall in 1906 at this pub. When I my first ever encounter, when i seen her at the top of the stairs, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe what I'm seeing here. It was just like an envision of just all this emotion that was building up since I walked in the pub. Well, anyway... She ran into the lady's toilet and I followed her. And when I followed into to the toilet, you know, there was the cubicles and everything, there, but there was this big mass of horizontal mirror in front of me. Well, I just looked around and I thought, oh my God, what do I, do? you know, there's nothing here. Where's she gone type of thing? And then when I put me back down and I looked back up from the horizontal mirror, the whole of the room started to change into like daylight. Wallpaper started appearing around, like, behind me. Daylight come through from the windows. I spun myself around, and I was in the 1900s. And then all of a sudden I heard screams and bangs coming from another room. And I was jumping every time I heard the screams and bangs. Black, black shadows coming across the walls, and then blue and white lightning coming across the ceiling. And I went back in time in the 1900s. And then the little girl came into the into the room and she was, I could have her, seeing her going through the last moments of her life. And as she's pulling out this tin and then she's putting stuff in the tin and then she just looked me straight in the eyes and said, please help me. How did you feel at that moment? Oh, God. I've just got a cold shiver just talking about it now. <laughs> How did I feel? Um, words can't describe it, please. The, the wee chief to me, from me walking into that to that pub to this very day, what I will always say is being the one most traumatic experiences I've ever been through. But with understanding spirit, looking at the concept of it all is like stepping back and seeing the bigger picture. Is was she waiting for me? Was she waiting to to um, for me to save her? That's the way I'll always feel about it. And then showing herself at the top of the stairs. I mean, there was about 200 people downstairs, you know, waiting for the readings and stuff. The place was chocker. And then I it was like I was in a different place. It was like I was in a different, different world to what was going on around that pub at the time.
1: Tell me, um, is there any of her family alive?
0: No. No, was we had the... to retrace it back. Yeah. Um, she was from Ireland, would you believe, Dublin. And, um, you know, when they started getting shipping over, over the potato famine and stuff like that, we re- retraced it all the way back. And um, we're, we're in from around about 1890 to 1906. It's about the same time. But coming back to the census, there's one thing I need to say is, this story is about the little girl in the wall. Yeah, I can understand, you know, you can grasp that. But um, there's a lot more to it than that. For instance, I went back downstairs that night and, you know, did my readings. And then halfway through the night, I met these people. And they already knew about similar things that were going on in the pub because they were there. They were regulars and everything else. So this bloke turned and said to me, "Do you want me to take it up in the other rooms, love?" And I says, um, "All right, yeah, yeah. You know, let's have a look. And you know, a bit of Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. You need to investigate yeah. a bit more." Yeah. Well, anyway, he took me up, and I told him everything that they already knew. I didn't realise they were dealing with the Ouija board at the time, and they were communicating with the little girl, but also the man who killed her. And it killed everybody else. It was like a conspiracy theory. His his ghost was in that pub. So when I was connecting towards the other two rooms at the back, I connected to the spirit called Edward, and he told me that he'd been buried alive in the well. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all these people who'd been travellers along the time, you know, the 1800s, and 1900s, who were passing through to maybe go to Edinburgh, Scotland, God, I don't where they were going. But they used to have, like, a stopping place at this, at this um, pub, which is called the Wee Chief Hotel. Well, anyway, he ruled all that. And as the plot thickens and the story unfolds a lot more, I didn't realise how much control he had of the place. Well, that very night, I connected to a big part of this industrial kitchen. And um, there was a bloke called Tony there. He was showing me around. And I turn around and said to him, I says, this ain't no kitchen. I says, the spiral stairs down there. And I says, can you show me where the double bay windows are? He went, Oh my God, love. He says, that's been sectioned off, in twenty five years. How do you know that? And then he showed me other parts of the, of of the pub. And I, he, he opened this. We walked out of there, and he opened this this door, and I walk into pitch black. And then all of a sudden I seen this man, I had a vision of this man putting his body behind a brick wall. And the words left my lips of me talking about this little girl behind the wall. This dark, oppressive, evil entity come out of the corner of the the, the fire press wall. And he looked, the look that would rip right through your soul.
1: Has he ever been violent towards you? Does that not scare you?
0: At the time, I I knew I had to face him. But at the time, I couldn't understand why. Because I'm trying to rescue a little girl who's trapped mm-hmm. soul that was in the pub. That's the first initial contact that I got. And then meeting him, and then meeting all the, the other lost children and all the other lost souls that was trapped in this pub as well. It was just too much to take in. For instance, um, there's one chapter in the book called Intimidation. And it's the story unfolds and we, we can make a connection. Well, I go back one night and um, I'm in the lounge on my own. And they get one of the, the helpers called Sam in the book. And she goes and gets like something out of the car and then she comes in. And all of a sudden, I felt this pressure on my back. Like somebody was leaning on my back. And I turned around and there was a bloke They were like, yeah, really muscular bloke. You know, he was all dressed up and he was saying, I'm on a date. I says, Oh yeah I says, well, do you mind going standing somewhere else? He went, no, do I intimidate you? And Peter, honestly, he came out of nowhere. Nowhere. Couldn't even, no doors banged or nothing. He just appeared, this bloke. And he threatened me. And I could see he was this Joseph, this this spirit, he come through this spirit to get to me and Sam witnessed it as well and there were certain things that happened as well, um, I had to fight him on the Ouija board I never went on the Ouija board I don't believe in things like this but I had to get every team member that was witnessing what was going on in this pub I had to get them on the board so I can drown his energy out and drown him down and then try and see if there's any way that you know, could he was walking around like King Kong. You know he ruled up show, you know what I mean? He he was he, he used to just bounce me across the room, not a problem. Pin me up against the wall and 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 lift me elevating in the air, not a problem. You know? Have, 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 the, pli-
1: have the police been involved since all this? Yeah,
0: the police have been involved, yeah. Yeah. I left it to the owner's hands about the police and um, the press got involved in it as well. The press took a big chunk out of it, out of the story. But what the police turned around said was, at this precise time, which they told Dave more than they told myself, is that they were, they were looking into it. So they took it to their um, centre of life, which mm-hmm. is in Newcastle. Yeah. And it was like a science lab. And they took all the evidence that I found behind the wall. It took me seven days to find a vertebrae at the back of her neck, um, clothing of her, a heel of a shoe, lock of her hair, and other bits and pieces that were left behind
1: that wall I'm talking to Suzanne Gill who is our psychic and media that comes down to our program on a regular basis about a book which has finally come out we've talked about it' a little bit but never in depth like this and it's called hidden eyes um so what where 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 are we today with the police over this
0: well they've just left they've evidence just this was nearly 13 years ago when they found. right so as the years roll by, you know, I know the book's come out now because it took me this long to even pluck up the courage to write the book.
1: Do you think he might come back and haunt you again after the book comes out?
0: Mm, I've, no, because I've, I do a lot of good for people. For instance, I get a lot of healing. You know, I look after myself, I protect myself all the time and things like that. But also, I help a lot of people, Pete. For instance... If anybody's got a haunted house, I go in and do the job. So whatever the Wheat Chief did to me over the years is strengthened me to know that I can be able to handle a, a big job better than what, what I ever would have faced, you know, in the past or whatever. But um, this is this is the biggest one I've ever done, the Wheat Chief. And even though there's Hidden Eyes here now, which is I had a five-star rating on Kindle, which is amazing. I was over the moon about that. I literally cried, to be honest with you. I'm writing the second part to it. There's two parts to it.
1: Why is there two parts?
0: Because it was that big of an ordeal that we couldn't put it in one book. Mm. But it looked like Pride and Prejudice or um, what is the other one? The Hobbit. So how does the first
1: (laughs) book leave it before you go to the second one?
0: Um, The first book leaves it where I had to get a second opinion on the whole aspect of it. And I got another medium in from Durham and he turned out and said to me, be very warned. You know, he's after you now. You're the one who's, who's, who's rocked this boat, girl, you know what I mean? He's, mm-hmm. he's coming for you. Well, that's the way I left it and I drove away and I had to take the little girl home with me so, because I couldn't have put her through any more trauma. So
1: where is she now? Is she in the spirit in the, world or is she at peace? She's
0: in the spirit world, yes. Yeah. Right. She's in peace, yeah.
1: Has yes. she gone over she to the other side now? Yes, she has. So been. she will not contact you again because she's on the other side? Or will yes, she? Yeah, she
0: will. She pops in now and again. Like, when I was writing the book last September, I was really in the thick of it. And I looked up. and, and it was in my dining room and I looked up and there she was, just standing there saying, I'm better now. You see, he blindfolded her and buried her alive in the pub. Now, a lot of people say, oh, my God, that can't happen, that can't happen. Well, I've got footage that I need to mention. Three photographs. I've also got footage of possession and other things that ha- that happened in the pub at the time, or three photographs. And these three photographs, there's me holding my pen while I do spiritual writing and connect to spirituality. And there she is. She's sitting there right beside me. You mean on the photograph?
1: On the photograph? Yep.
0: yep. It's actually her. Little girl around about the age of six, Victorian dressed, blindfolded, holding the pen.
1: And have you had these photos verified?
0: Yep. Yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. And I've got footage of this Jim and Joseph possessing a man that just happened to walk in the pub. Boof! there he is. And I've got all our footage of the things. I mean, even to the point, Pete, where he sat down in the sink and I said, you get down there and you sit down there. And I put these two lads next to them. And if I showed you this footage, you'd be thinking, what a reaction these two lads are. They are crying like babies while they're sitting next to this. And you've and, um, got this.
1: How can people see this or can't they?
0: I, I'm going to put it on the website. I mm. collected everything. What I've done is I've just kept it in a box over the years until I bring the books out. And then I'm going to show it to the world. I've got proof. I've got senses where, you know, when I was searching through all the senses and things like that about Joseph, especially, I didn't realize that certain things were starting to unfold. But them days, you could get a lot of, you can get away with a lot more than what you could now. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I just feel that he had a big hold of this this little village in Bolden. And it's not like, um, We're in Newcastle, you know, they're all little pith villages, which, you know, and they all circulate around one village and that's it. You know, they're all, not like fishwives, but not like Liverpool, where Liverpool's bigger, bigger towns and bigger places. These aren't, and this Bolden, you can still see that to this very day.
1: Suzanne, do you think that because of what's happened, and this mm -hmm. little girl and the whole story... Do you think that other people or have other people who've been killed contacted you because they see you as, a, you as an outlet?
0: Could be, yeah. Yeah.
1: But nobody has since?
0: No. Oh. I mean I've still got I'm still in contact with every single person that went through that experience with me.
1: Why did he kill her, by the way?
0: Because I feel that she leaked out so much information. The police was a brothel, you see. And um as this as evidence started to come together, what he used to do was he used to get young girls on the game and then he used to starve their um, families up in the attic. Now, saying that, you'd be thinking where's the evidence? When we we were researching through and we got somebody, a scientist, to go up in the attic and take chunks of the wood out, you know, the old beams and that. Mm-hmm. And then he turned around and says he give it a specific name. I can't remember the name he give it, but he says I know. I'll let you know now if there has been human remains on there. I says how when he burnt it and it started crackling. He says yeah. It started coming out with little significant lights, and he says that is the, the the cause of like, you know, either urine or stills or whatever that has been in the wood. But you can see the attic was huge. It's a big pub you can see where they used to have the fireplace.
1: Suzanne, what do you want people to take from this book when they've read it?
0: I just want them to understand that I've been carrying this with me for so many years and also it it's a part of me. To share that with somebody else is so rewarding. It's amazing. But also to remember that these things do exist. Like hauntings and bad spirits, and for somebody you may be listening to, you know, the radio, and night around and say, oh my God, I've got, I've got a bad spirit in my house. I can't find anybody. I'm always available to help anybody. But the book itself is my journey through my eyes as a medium of what I went through, all of it.
1: Are you pleased with the book? Now you've done I'm it. I'm over
0: the moon. Yeah. Do you feel yes, relieved? I am. I feel like it's been like it's therapy, you know, in some way. It, it, it It's made me a stronger person, letting it all off me, you know, my shoulders and my chest and everything. And, and yeah, yeah, it's been good. I'm proud of it, though. Very proud of it.
1: Where did you get the title from, Hidden Eyes?
0: Well, would you believe this? Um, I was working with this girl, doing a reading for that, and I was telling her, like, I'm doing a book. And she went, oh, my God, you've got to put her hidden eyes; it will go far if it's that. And I thought, oh, my, yeah, yeah, that will work, that because she was blindfolded as well. So, hidden eyes.
1: Suzanne Gill, yes? always a pleasure to talk to you. The book is oh, called Hidden Lovely. Eyes. Thank you very much for talking to us.
0: Oh, thank you, Pete. Thank you for giving me your time. Lovely talking to you.